Investing Compass is brought to you by Morningstar Australia. We'll run through the fundamentals of investing, take a deep dive of concepts and offer practical explanations, tools and resources that will allow you to invest confidently. The information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It does not take into consideration your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Welcome to our first ever special edition of Investing Compass on GameStop. But before we get into that, since this is our first ever special edition, Shani, we should do something special, right? I think that's a good idea. Okay. Shani thinks it's a good idea. So what we would like to do is, well, what we would like is we would like you to rate and leave a comment on our podcast. And as an incentive, what we'd like you to do is to take that comment, send it into me, my email address that's in the podcast notes, and we will pick somebody on March 15th. So all of the ones we get before March 15th, we will pick someone and we will give you a free one-year subscription to Morningstar Premium, which of course gets you access to ShareSite as well, um, valued at $649, which I think is a good deal. I don't know about you. I think that's a really good deal. Shawnee thinks it's a good uh, deal as well. Um, of course, our job is to sell this, <laughs> our day job, and we're not on the podcast. I should come up with more adjectives then. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, um, please send those in. We will pick a winner and uh, you get something that I think is pretty valuable um, and hopefully will help you become a better investor. All right, let's get back to GameStop. So you can't pick up a paper around the world without hearing about GameStop. And this whole weekend, I had a bunch of friends ask me, Shani, I know you had a bunch of friends ask you what was actually going on. And so we thought it- Did like both of your friends ask you? Both of my friends, yes. My mother and my <laughs> invisible friend both asked me about GameStop. It was really special. Um, but we thought that this warranted a special edition of Investing Compass. So while the foundation of the story is investing related, it's taken on a life of its own. It's embodying so many of the political forces that are impacting countries around the world, including wealth inequality, disdain and mistrust of the establishment, and the notion that there are different sets of rules for different parts of society. But we want to keep this centered on investing, so we'll explain some of the financial concepts involved. All right. Yeah, that's right, Shani. So like we always say, what are you doing in the stock market? You are buying part of a company. So let's start with the company. So GameStop is a brick and mortar retailer that sells video games in the US. And while it's not within our coverage universe at Morningstar, it is a company that is struggling, especially as COVID restrictions impact in-store traffic and more and more commerce moves online. So many hedge funds looked at the deteriorating prospects of the business and thought that the stock would continue to fall and decided to short it. So that is the first concept that we want to explain. So Shani, what is shorting? So shorting is simply a way to profit from a stock falling, but we want to spend a couple of minutes in the mechanics of shorting because it's pretty central to what's happened. So say that you're sure that a stock is going to drop in price instead of investing in a stock in the traditional sense where you think the price will rise. In this situation, you would short a stock and you do this by borrowing shares from brokers and selling them. The brokers themselves are lending them to you from other holders of the shares, so you pay a fee for the right to do that. And that fee that you pay goes to the broker and to the holder of the shares. Yeah, so by taking possession of the shares and then selling them, you immediately get some cash. So let's use an example. So let's say I borrow 100 shares of a company trading at $10. In this case, I would immediately get $1,000 minus any brokerage that I pay and, of course, the cost of borrowing the shares. 
But since I've borrowed these shares, I have to give them back at some point in the future. So if this works the way I want, the share price would fall, which would allow me to buy them and give them back. So using the same example, if the share price fell to $5, I would go out and buy the 100 shares back for $500. And I would make a profit since I already sold them for $1,000. Now, one really important thing to look at when shorting is the upside and downside possible for you as an investor. So when you buy a share, your losses are limited to the stock going to a price of $0, but you've got unlimited potential. The stock can rise in price exponentially. Shorting is the other way around, so your gains are limited. A stock can only go to zero, which means your return is capped at 100%. If a stock continues to climb, however, the more it is going to cost you to buy it back and the shares to return to the lender. So the downside with shorting is limitless. So because of this, short positions need to be monitored really closely because if the stock goes up, you need to be careful that you can afford to actually cover the short by buying back the shares. And other investors know this. So they know that short sellers will be forced to cover or buy back the shares if the stock rises too much. The short sellers buying back the shares will, of course, make the stock price continue to rise as there are even more buyers in the market. This is called a short squeeze and has been a longstanding occurrence in stock markets around the world. So what happened with GameStop is that investors on a Reddit forum noticed the short position in the stock has significantly grown, and they basically instituted a coordinated effort to drive the price higher and initiate a short squeeze on the investors that had shorted the stock. And before we get into the specifics of the case, let's take a look back on shorting stocks in general. So shorting stocks has had a controversial past. During the stock market falls during the GFC, many regulators around the world banned the practice. So the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, the Financial Services Authority in the U.K., and ASIC here in Australia banned the shorting of financial stocks during the GFC in because they deemed it market manipulation that was eroding confidence in the financial system. Now, short sellers argue that the practice provides liquidity to the market, which tightens the buy-sell spread, which benefits all investors, as that is a cost inherent in all trading. And it also allows hedge funds to create long-short portfolios, which can make them market neutral by removing market volatility from the portfolios. That's right, Mark. And that's the whole reason hedge funds originally started. Regulated funds are banned from shorting stocks as it was deemed too risky by regulators. So hedge funds started to allow investors to hedge their exposure to market volatility and provide downside protection when markets fall. And the way they were able to do this is because they instituted restrictions on who could invest in a hedge fund so that only sophisticated investors like institutions or pension funds and endowments, for example, and wealthy individuals could invest in them. All right. So let's go back to GameStop. So on one side, we have hedge funds that have shorted the stock. And on the other side, we have at least what started with retail investors that followed a Reddit board. Now, these investors have been classified as Robinhood investors, and many do use the app, which is essentially gamified trading and remove friction by making it free. But free brokerage is also something that's becoming the norm in the US, as even more traditional platforms like Schwab and Fidelity are offering free trades. So GameStop was a relatively small company before this frenzy. It had a market capitalization of roughly $1.3 billion at the end of 2020. And market capitalization is how much the company is worth, so all of the shares available multiplied by the market price. It's now more at more than $22 billion. So as a smaller company, it was easy for the price to be driven higher, and this nearly 20 times appreciation in the share price over a month had the desired effect, and the hedge funds covered their shorts, which just drove the price even higher. 
All right, so let's talk about the hedge funds for a second. First, let's look at what they had to do to cover these positions. So if we go back to the beginning when we were explaining short selling, the hedge funds got cash from selling the shares short. They took this cash and either kept it or they invested it in long positions by buying other shares. But either way, it was going to take a lot more cash to cover these positions. And that is an important part of short selling. The brokers that have loaned the shares to these institutions are, of course, monitoring the price and start to worry if it gets too high because the borrower of the shares may not have enough money to buy them and return them. So legally, the brokers are able to demand the shares back at any time, but in practice, they often don't, mostly because the borrowers of the share are customers of the brokers, and they have lots of different brokers they can take their business to. But regardless of whether the hedge funds decided to close out their positions or they were forced by the lender of the shares, it caused a problem for them. They had to raise a lot of cash in order to get these shares back, and to get the cash, the only thing that they can do is sell the other holdings that they have in their portfolio. So these are shares that they believe represented good investments and and would continue to rise, and now they're forced to sell them. And this, of course, can make the market go down, and because of this, we've seen a lot of volatility in the last week. Some funds have had to get capital infusions by their investors to keep them solvent. And if they don't remain solvent, this could cause instability in the financial system. So it's a pretty big worry. You know, in an earlier podcast, we mentioned, we talked about the Madoff scandal. We did. And the owner of my favorite baseball team, the New York Mets, invested a lot in Madoff and lost all of his money, which means he couldn't afford to get good players for the team. So he sold the Mets to Stephen Cohen, a billionaire hedge fund manager. And I thought all the problems were over, but one of his hedge funds is associated with the hedge funds that needed these capital infusions. I feel like the only constant in all of these situations is you, Mark. So do you think you're bad luck or is it? I think so. I think the the Mets, for anyone who follows baseball, have had a lot of bad luck. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's get back to uh, to the podcast. So the other important angle, of course, is to cover Robinhood and their decision to stop their customers from buying GameStop and a couple other companies that have become really popular with this Reddit crowd. And this 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 decision caused this eruption of populist anger at Robinhood, and a lot of people accuse them of caving into Wall Street. So. We want to spend a couple minutes diving into the plumbing of stock trading and how it actually occurs so we can understand what happened. Yeah, so it's pretty riveting stuff here. Uh, But when you trade shares, they need to be cleared and settled. So if you sell shares through your broker, you're exchanging shares for cash with whoever is on the other side of that trade. And both parties in the trade want to make sure that they get what was agreed to. So as a seller, you want to make sure that you get your money and the buyer wants to make sure they get the shares. So this process is managed through a central clearinghouse. So in the US, this is done by the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, or DTCC. And in Australia, the clearing is done by an entity owned by the ASX. Yeah, so that's right, Shani. And hopefully some people find this interesting. But the DTCC is actually owned by all the brokers in the US because it's central to them being able to run their business. Now, the DTCC nets out all of the trades from each of the brokers and tells them how much money they need to send or how much they will get. And these net payments or requests from funds are sent to the brokers on a daily basis. Is then up for the brokers to make sure everything is credited appropriately to customer accounts. So the concern for the DTCC, which I'm saying a lot, is that brokers have enough money to settle these transactions because they need that cash to exchange for shares that have been sent by the sellers. So to make sure that the brokers have enough cash, each broker is required to post collateral to the DTCC 
based on trading levels and volatility. So, as Robin tra- Robinhood traders bought more and more GameStop shares, the DTCC asked Robinhood for more collateral, and they just didn't have the money. They drew down all of their lines of credit with their banks, but had to halt trading in a number of shares because they wouldn't have had enough money to provide to the DTCC, and without it, they would have wouldn't have been allowed to trade. So Robinhood is still a private company and is owned by venture capital funds, and they went back to them for an extra one point three billion dollars of capital to help them continue to operate. Yeah, so halting shares or halting halting trading in these shares led to a significant amount of anger from Robinhood's customers, and all sorts of rumors started flying around the internet about why they did this. But in reality, they did this to stay in business, and the DTCC demanded more collateral because it's needed to reduce the risk. So Robinhood certainly didn't want to invoke so much anger from its customers, but they really had no choice. So, a couple of final thoughts. Despite all of the accusations flying around, there are a couple of important things to remember. First of all, this situation isn't as clear as it appears. This is not a clear-cut case of the little people versus elite hedge funds. There are hedge funds on both sides of this trade, and a lot of them are profiting from this surge in GameStop. Yeah, and it's also important to remember that a hedge fund is just an investment vehicle. And yes, the managers are obscenely compensated, but they aren't the only ones getting hurt here. It is the investors in the hedge funds that are hurt as well. And at least some of them are pension funds, super funds that are paying for people's retirements and endowments who pay for financial aid for uni students and professor salaries. So it's too early to say what the impact will be, but it's unlikely that GameStop will be the end of this. Redditors and similar forums in Australia are already looking for additional opportunities, and too many people have made too much money for this not to happen again. And at Morningstar, we are proponents of investing. And to be perfectly clear, the vast majority of this frenzy is not investing. People that initiated the GameStop short squeeze clearly did their research and understood what they were doing. But a lot of the followers were mindlessly following what someone told them to do on an anonymous internet chat room. And trying to manipulate the market by arousing these animal spirits of investors has been around since investing started. The motivation behind these actions has never been for the greater good. It's for profits. The other thing I'll add is that personally, I only want to play a game that I can win. And using an internet chat room to go toe-to-toe against hedge funds and short-term leverage trading is not a game that at least I can win. So I believe my advantages advantages as an investor are my ability to take a long-term approach and my ability to weather volatility by having a robust emergency fund, long-term orientation, and the right temperament. And as this plays out, there's likely to be um, increased volatility. And volatility can be scary for investors, but it can also present opportunities. So we'll leave you with a classic quote from Brendan Graham. In the short term, the market is a voting machine. And in the long term, it's a weighing machine. We'd recommend you leave the voting for Redditors and weighing for your own investments. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining. Um, Once again, for that competition, please rate the podcast leave a comment and then send it into that email address, my email address, which is in the show notes. And I'll write you back a nice message and tell you how my two friends are doing. So thank you very much for joining. Any advice is general advice prepared by Morningstar without reference to your financial objectives, situation or needs. You should consider the advice in light of these matters and any relevant product disclosure statement before making any decision to invest.